All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, what kind of animal do you feel like today? Well, Chris, since I've been sick for over a week now, I feel like an owl. Okay. Yeah. Why? Owls, well, yeah, that. Owls also, I think, are nocturnal. Mm -hmm. So I've been sleeping a lot, so it's been making me stay up later. So... In turn, I feel like an owl because of this. See, as I've also been sick with likely the exact same thing that you've had, I feel like a sloth as See, I slept up to 16 hours. Sloth is always a good choice. Sloth yeah. is always a good choice. Yeah, this sucks. I, I don't want to eat or do anything really, and I just want to lay down and die, but I have to be a productive adult today, I've decided. I gave myself like three days to just be miserable, and now we're here, so... Yeah, I, I, I can't do that for too long, but I think we both caught this from the, the Kentucky Open, I'd say, because, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to quite a few other people and it seems like something's going around. I don't know what it is. I've tested for COVID and it was negative. So what would we call it? I guess I, I thought maybe it might be a flu classic. I don't know. Yeah. That's, yeah. Classic, classic flu. Hope. Yeah, yeah. I like the or, sound of that. It was funny um, the other day. And just recently, I was talking to one of my buddies, and uh, he told me that his his child was sick in the uh, hospital with rhinovirus. So, with all this stuff going on, you know, we've got you know monkeypox is a newer thing. We've got uh, the bird flu in the past, swine flu. I, and my immediate my my immediate was like, what the hell is rhinovirus? Like, mm -hmm. when did this come upon us? Well, rhinovirus is just the common cold, and you know since. We have all these new animal named illnesses. I forgot all about the rhinovirus being referred to as the common cold. I did not know that was a thing. Why didn't he just say he had a cold? Because I mean, like when you're at the doctor and they tell you that your child has rhinovirus, you're you're most likely going to tell everybody they got rhinovirus. It sounds cooler. I mean, but I mean, it sounds more severe. It sounds like a horn's about to grow out of the kid's head. That, that's what I thought too. I was like, I literally, my immediate response was, "What the hell is rhinovirus?" Yeah. So you know, of course, I go to the Google, the mighty Google, the and Google. I, yeah, and I look it up, and it says, "Uh, the common cold," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, that's, but that, then then it's a letdown. That's what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, so oh, the cold. Oh. It's oh, like it's the same people cold, who. It's like the same people who, when you ask how old their toddler is, and they're like, oh, he's 19 months old. And you're like, what? You know, he's just like a little over a year and a half is what you meant to say? Yeah. You know? Same idea. Be the common cold. Well, Tyler, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about some of the fitness industry pet peeves. And, and some of the stuff that we all see... That's kind of wrong with the fitness industry that, you know, people buy into. Um, we're going to kind of get on the topic of I'm, I'm going to start with one that's been I see a lot lately because uh, TikTok is becoming very popular. Mm -hmm. like, it's crazy to me how TikTok works as a social media instrument. Uh, I just it, it's it's crazy to me. Like I'll go through there and I'll randomly have somebody pop up on my page and it's like a kid doing like horrible form deadlifts and it's like do this to grow your back and then it's like four sets of like 12 of every single back exercise possible yeah yeah <laughs> dude it's like it drives me literally insane seeing some of the shit that i see on tiktok from that that realm right it's like this whole demographic of like a 17 to 19 year old like natural aesthetics 
Nike Blazer, Bass Pro Shop hat, dangly earring bullshit who have decided they are fitness gurus and they just do say three by tens on everything. Or like, try this high protein recipe, dude. And it's just like chicken and rice. And it's like, dude, like, I'm sorry, but Papaw's been doing this shit for a minute. You know, I've already got all this figured out. But it's just the fact that, like, it's just a hot new thing. And so people trust them more than the literal people who've done this for decades as a coach. That's, yeah. Like, TikTok has become very interesting because it's given a lot of people that are in, like, a younger platform to get notoriety which i think is fine like if, you, yeah. if you're doing tiktok and you're trying to show off like your physique and um what you're doing and that's cool but if you're trying to give advice and it's like you know very basic kind of shit advice in my opinion like telling people to do 40 sets in a, in a workout then it's you probably shouldn't be on there like uh i was scrolling through the other day and i don't know if you know this but tiktok you can be on there and it like comes up with live tiktoks mm-hmm. of people and there was a guy on there and he was literally telling people like if they put in their height, weight and age and all this stuff that he would tell them their macros. So what this guy was doing to get business was literally people would tell him like their their weight and their age. And you could tell he was like going on a macro calculator that he found yeah. online, entering their stuff in. And he was like telling them some numbers, some generic numbers based off them and then being like, if you want coaching, let me know. And I was like oh my God, this person's literally getting business from people off of macro calculator and he knows nothing. Dude, it's like, it's the blind leading the blind. You know what I mean? Like some of the shit that I've seen these kids post, I'm like, dude, that's not, or like they, they make it sound as if they've just found the revelation that is fitness. And it's like, bro, you found out what a five by five is. Congratulations. Like I found the shit out when I was 15. It cracked me up. There was a meme somebody posted the other day and it was like uh, it was like one side. It was uh, the, the the big old strong dog, you know, that meme with the big dog. And it's like uh, me with all my degrees and my expertise and my mentorships that I've taken to get the knowledge that I have on fitness and nutrition. And then the other side, it was like the, the small dog, the, the, the Shiba Inu, whatever it is. Yeah, it's yeah. like people going to a. Uh, to a TikTok famous person for their advice instead. <laughs> Dude, it's like, and, and I and I always go back and forth. It's one of those things like, I hate to say it. It's, I'd love to say it's, if you can't beat them, join them. But I can't bring myself to like do that dumb shit. Like they all, all these, like I hate to say it, dude. When I was like an 18 year old, 180 pound kid who looked like most of these kids, you would not catch me just posing in the middle of the gym, doing like all these ziz poses that they've just discovered. Like, I I don't know, man. Like when I was 18, granted, like I was definitely there's there's some douchery in my existence, but I also trained in my parents' garage by myself. So like I didn't have anybody to do it in front of, and I also didn't have social media. So I didn't like have anywhere to post it. Right. And so just watching these kids, like, dude, the gym that I go to, there's at 3 30, I don't know whose mom lets all these kids carpool with her, but she drops off like a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds at the gym. And they all do the exact same thing, dude. They just like are pulling their shirts up and flexing and taking TikToks. And at no point are any of them actually working out. Yeah, it's become a more of a thing I've noticed lately to like, and I, I'm really cool with people filming their workouts or yeah. know, that's not get their motivation. But my problem is whenever people are giving advice based off that information when they're not qualified to do so. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I, I think TikTok's cool. Like I've gotten a lot of clients from TikTok because I have clients on TikTok. 
Yeah. And, you know, and then people will follow them and they like their physique or they like what they stand about. Then they figure out that I'm, you know, their coach and they'll come to me. That's great. Yeah. But what's strange to me, like we said, is like they're, they're all doing stuff that they found on TikTok which is often you know very generic information which often isn't going to get somebody the results that they think it's going to get them and could even lead to like injury yeah yeah like you can't i don't know man i can i can sit here and and rant about that whole demographic as a whole and again i don't have an issue with filming yourself or filming workouts or anything as i film most of my training sessions to post but there's a difference when there's 12 of these kids together and they're all posing at the dumbbell rack and nobody at the gym can get to the dumbbells because they're all there. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's a lack of gym etiquette that's coming with this generation that's starting to get into the gym. And it's like, you just don't fucking do that. Period. I think there needs to be like a a rule on how many people can work out together at once. hundred percent. Yeah. I also, I also really think that gyms at this point with like the lack of education with i see with people as far as like social skills they should require everybody to watch a gym etiquette video that's like two to five minutes long that just kind of explains stuff like working in um not working out in front of the mirrors uh you know racking your weights um being respectful to other people not filming other people i think that's a big one too man i think it's really strange whenever like you know be respectful of other people. I've always been like that. If I'm in the gym and I'm filming my sets, I'm going to make sure nobody's in the background. Yeah. Uh, or if they are, I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to be filming this set. Do you mind uh, that you're in the background? And if they do, I'll be like, hey, okay, I'll, I'll move my camera. Or do you mind while I film a set just like stepping out? And, you know, normally they're okay. But I think there's a, there's a big issue with privacy going around where people are filming sets and, you know, they're catching people in the background of their sets doing something embarrassing or like, yeah, they think that they're watching them and they don't care. So we, we've seen a lot of those videos lately too, where people are like trying to call out people in the background of their videos. And it's like, yeah. why don't you help that person? Or like, that's one thing I, I don't get, man, is like, granted, we've all seen someone in the gym do something that's like not proper, whether it's like form or it's just a very bizarre, like I've seen some things done on cable stacks where I'm like, I don't even know where he came up with that. But instead of pointing and laughing and recording it, I just like go talk to them and just try to help. You know what I mean? If you see someone who's struggling in the gym and you have any amount of experience, like just go fucking talk to them because that's just, you know what I mean? Like it's never been a second thought to me to be like, let me go make fun of this dude who doesn't clearly doesn't know what he's doing. How about I just go teach him what to do or see if he wants to learn what to do? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just simple. It's common courtesy. Right. Well, it's like uh, I'll give a, an embarrassing story about myself here that, you know, is a good example. Like I remember when I was like 16 or 17 years old is about the time where I started really trying to go to the gym. And um, I remember my dad had just got me into shooting a bow and arrow. And that was like one of the hobbies I had at the time. Like my 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 family used to own like our survival business. So we were all into like all sorts of survival type things and techniques. So I thought to get better at pulling back my bow and arrow so I could get stronger that I could go to the gym and I could go on the cable machine and I could just stand on it by it. Like I was shooting a bow and arrow and pull back the cable. Okay. And that was going to make me stronger. Yeah. So 
I remember a guy kind of like watching me and, you know, one person was like looking at him, like, what was I doing? Well, the other guy came up to me. He's like, Hey man, what are you trying to work? Like, and I told him what I was trying to do. And he's like, Oh, okay, that's cool. That makes sense. But he was like, you know, a better way to do this would be to do it on like a seated cable row. So you can get the full stretch and that'll work out that muscle a lot better. Yeah. And you know what? I listened to him and I took that advice and it helped me. And I was a 16 year old kid, you know, he could have easily just done nothing and, you know, made fun of me from afar, mm -hmm. but he decided to come up there and just be like, Hey man, this is a better way to do that. And this will help you probably become stronger with that muscle. So you can do that better. And, you know, I appreciated that. And you never forgot it. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing, man. Was story like, right now. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like people, people need to take that into consideration, but I think a lot of it, a lot of what tends to aggravate me is just gym etiquette as a whole, right? Because I was brought up in a gym where if you messed up, it was brought to light very quickly and you learned very quickly. And I think that was important, right? You learned manners very fast at the gym that I yeah. went to because it was full of like national and pro level bodybuilders and powerlifters. And you, I went into that gym when I was 18 years old and you did, you learned, right? And I think that's important, right? But like, like for example, when I, when I trained earlier this week, when I wasn't dying, I went to the gym, warmed up. I was on the dumbbell rack. Mind you, there are five people in the gym. Okay. And I'm warming up. I, I'm going to work up, like I worked up to the one thirties on incline dumbbell press. So I kicked back the one tens. I literally stood up with them and I put them back. It was two steps to get them to the rack, right? I turn around and there's a dude on my bench doing curls. <laughs> my bag is beside the bench. My jug is beside the bench, all of my equipment, my straps, belt, everything, right? Because I don't put those on until my top set. And I shit you not, it was two steps. Like I literally rolled forward, one, two, put them in the rack, turned around, dude was on my bench. There were four other benches open. And I just yeah. looked at him and he just looked at me and I was like, can you not figure out that's not what you do, right? Like, not to say yeah, I... Oh, it's like I said, people, it's like they don't have any social skills or like they don't, no. they're not aware like what they did was wrong. Cause like I've experienced some wild things at the gym, man. Like one time I was doing abs and I remember like I was out of the way completely and this old guy stepped over my actual body while I was on the ground doing like crunches. Dude, I know. And I was just like, what, what world did you think that was okay? I'd grab his ankles. Yeah, it was just really weird. And then, like, you know, and when I mentioned something, he was like, you were in the way. And I'm like, bro, I'm over in the corner here. Like, yeah. you didn't have to do that. You did it because you can't. I don't know why, man. But throughout my gym life, I've never really had any problems with, like, people my age. I think it's always with the older people in the gym. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but, like, the boomer generation, like, some of them. I shouldn't say all of them. But some of them are, like, very entitled <laughs> i've had more equipment stolen by elderly people than anything in my career which is crazy to me because it's like i've i've had ones where they'll instead of asking me to work in they'll literally just sit on the bench next to me and stare at me like with a scowl on their face and i'm like hey can i help you and then they're like i'm just waiting on you to be done and i'm like oh well you know could just I'm gonna ask take my time at that point <laughs> i'm taking my time i don't care yeah, it's just it's wild to me because I'm just like, you know, I, I think uh, most of the people like in the in the age group that we're in, like I'd say anywhere between, you know, 18 and 40 these days, like they're they're pretty 
the gym etiquette's a little bit better. I think it's the people are getting into are younger or older that never really learned mm -hmm. how you're supposed to be in the gym. You know what I'm saying? It's super simple, right? Yeah. Like you just, you ask to work in, you stay out of people's way and you do your own thing. But it's like, I'm telling you, dude, if you came to my gym, like at 4 PM, any day of the week, you would want to commit heinous crimes at what you would Definitely. see. I mean, it dry, it drives me literally insane. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, um, what did, what, what do we have at the gym? Uh, we had a guy there and, uh, he's probably in his seventies or so, but he would come there and literally if you were, you know, working out on something and you were taking too long, instead of him asking to work in with you or, you know, asking how many sets you had left, he would just stand next to you and be like, well, are you done yet? Are you going to stop talking? You going to stop resting? Like stuff like that. And it's just like, man, like, the, like we said, there needs to be a, a way that people can learn how to respectfully ask somebody what you know how many sets they have left can i work in with you um you know the the basic stuff that allows for a peaceful gym environment and for the most part like i'm pretty flexible as far as if something is taken like is being used i'll just do my next exercise in my workout and then i'll just come back to whatever within reason like there was one exception when i was doing flat barbell bench and I was like, listen, I don't want to do all of my accessory work before and then try to go into it fatigued because that's just a recipe for disaster. And so there was a, I don't know how old he was, younger kid. Him and all of his buddies were doing a one rep max competition because it was Monday. And they all failed like 225 miserably. And so finally they all get done and there's one guy left. And we went up and we're like, hey, man, uh, how many more sets do you have? He's like, oh, I just got like one or two. Okay. 25 minutes later, he got done. Cause he would sit there for 10 minutes, just scrolling in between. And I'm like, dude, if someone asks me how many sets I have left and like, truthfully, I'm close to being done. I either just finish up or I I'm like, I'll just come back to it. Like you do your thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm very quick to just be like, I'll get out of your way. Go do whatever, you know, but what else, what else grinds your gears, Tyler? Uh, let me see. We got, I got a list here. Um, Oh, man, you know, one thing that drives me nuts, and I see this this time of year all the time, or any time when competition season or a competition is coming up, people who blame bodybuilding for all their problems. Yep. Like, they'll they'll quit bodybuilding because, say, they weren't good at it or it was too hard, and then they say that it was, like, the reason that, you know, the reason for something in their life. And I'm just like, no, no, like, bodybuilding is a choice. Mm -hmm. you know you don't have to do this nope and it's okay to like not do it mm -hmm. I, I i thoroughly believe that if you're if you just did not enjoy it or you don't like it or it doesn't fit your lifestyle it's okay to not do it but whenever you blame it for like your you being an asshole or yeah. your misfortunes or anything of the sort it, it's not a good thing it, it, you got to blame yourself at some point yeah it it can't be um like you as a human are a piece of shit. Bodybuilding didn't make you a piece of shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and again, like you said, it's a choice. Like I see people, and listen, I've been there, like prep sucks. There are moments where you're like, why am I doing this? But it's like, I'm still, I tell myself every time, like you're choosing to do this, get over it or don't do it. 
Like nobody's putting a gun to your head and saying, you have to prep for this show. Like don't. Like we we are in yeah. full control of whatever we want to do, right? Like you are not a failure if you either choose to do a different show or don't do a show at all. Like if anything, I commend the people who are willing to walk away from a prep if they realize it's not what's best for them in that moment. I, I, I respect the hell out of it. I've had some people drop out of a prep and, you know, it's like for a mental problem or like, you know, they they don't want to lose their job. They don't want to, you know a financial situation relationship and I, I i completely accept that i think that's completely fine mm -hmm. but if you continue with the prep and then you are like man bodybuilding made me do this and it's like no no nope. it, it's you know overall bodybuilding can amplify something in my opinion like if you're for an sure. asshole it's gonna make you a bigger asshole um, makes me a bigger asshole for sure case, you know so but you can't let it be the reason for anything like I, i've seen people be like make posts it drives me crazy and they're like they decided to quit bodybuilding and they're like bodybuilding made me have bags under my eyes or bodybuilding made me lose my hair and it's like no no the choices that you made along with it lifestyle wise or sometimes even just having a bad coach could have been your issue yeah well, and this goes back to something you brought up financially. One thing that drives me literally insane, and I've seen it more and more recently, is people either posting like their Cash App link or their Venmo or starting a GoFundMe page to fund their prep for a local fucking show. Get over yourself. Get Dude, over if, yourself. If you have to do something like that and ask You're not going to win. If you have to ask for money to compete, you shouldn't compete. Like there, there's GoFundMe set up for people that actually have legitimate illnesses or have lost a family member. And I think it's super disrespectful if you're asking for money to do something that's overall a privilege. 100%. This is the most privileged sport that we can be a part of as far as I am concerned. Like if you are, oh, I need, I need you guys to donate for this car. I'm like, dude, congrats. You're going to get fourth place in a local show and I'm not going to pay for it. If you don't have the funds to do it yourself, stop. If you are begging for money to survive a prep, you're not going to win either. Period. If you, if you want to see something that's going to infuriate you, go type in Nationals um, Nationals Prep and GoFundMe on Google. And there are like 10 to 15 of them on there, man. Last time I looked at it. It, it's crazy. Like there's so many people that are already setting up GoFundMes for their national show. And... What's crazy is some of these people are the same ones that you will see buying like Jordans yep. every week or, you know, buying a new dog. But so they're 12 on the first page of Google. Yes. And that is that's insane to me. 17, 18, 19. This is help Richie go pro this year. Richie, you're not going pro, buddy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's bullshit. That's stupid. Get over yourself. That's insane to me, though. And that, that's that's this is every single year for every show. I mean, these people are doing this for local shows. And I, I'm just I'm just astonished by it because I'm like, OK, so first of all, bodybuilding is expensive. Yep. We both know this. We all know this. Like it, this is a sport that you have that money for. It is a person. It is a rich person sport, in my opinion. It's kind of like golf. Yeah. If you really think about it, it's 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 similar to getting into golf or, you know, cheerleading or MMA. Like it, it's like, it's something you're going to have to spend a lot of money on with, with a lot of different things to actually be really good at. And people are not going to want to donate to something like that. It's when it's a privilege that you can even do it. That's just pitiful, man. Like I, granted, I'm like, 
I've never asked for a handout in my life, and I'm not going to ask for a handout to go step on a stage. I've just worked like at times two jobs and saved money and everything else to try to get on stage. Like, but at no point have I been like, Hey guys, donate to this. Or like, I know a guy that I like, he, I forget what state he's in, but he like, they made shirts to like, try to support him. Guess what place he got seventh. Dude, and it was like yeah. his third show. I'm like, dude, how about you take more time to grow and you put some money in your savings account between now and then and then maybe you'll be competitive next time because he does show every single year and gets imagine, imagine asking people for a bunch of money to compete in a show and you cheat on your diet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, just imagine doing that and then losing. I would feel so. I would demand a refund if I was one of the supporters. Like, like you're, you're like you're like enter my GoFundMe and this person's like not even doing their cardio. They're like half-assing their training. They're eating. They're eating like extra almonds. They're like, oh, I'm gonna. That's <laughs> stupid, man. Tyler, what else uh, smashes your grapes? Oh man. Okay. Okay. This kind of goes along with like the people that blame bodybuilding. Um, the people that, whenever they get done with bodybuilding, they you know go off the deep end, and mm -hmm. they'll go you know binge eat. They'll not do the reverse diet at all. They'll go back to just living their normal life that they had before, eating burgers and fries, and and then they get some kind of health issues, and they blame they blame bodybuilding or they blame like um blame their coach. I think that that's one of the ones that drives me nuts. Um I've had people do this to me before, man. Like they'll they'll quit they'll, they'll quit bodybuilding. They'll go back to just, you know, not dieting at all. They won't live any type of healthy lifestyle. They'll gain like 50 pounds and they'll be like this is because of bodybuilding. This is my coach's fault. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Well, what what kills me with that too is, and we've talked about coach hopping before, but those are the people that drive me literally insane because there's this whole cycle that people follow where they'll start with the coach and there's one person in particular we know about, and I'm going to guess that was our one-star review, uh, who will start with the coach because the coach has clout, they'll put them in a health phase, they won't follow the health phase for like the six weeks they're with them. They drop them, they go to the next popular coach, they blame their previous coach, and they start the process over again, and then they go to the next coach, and they keep doing this. It's like, hey, guess what? If someone has you in a health phase, and you're not following it, and you're drinking alcohol every weekend, and you're doing X, Y, and Z, that's not the coach's fault. And also, if you've been with four coaches in a year, you're the problem. So quit blaming the fucking yeah. coaches. That, that That's another thing is like... If you're going to multiple coaches in a year, it, it's definitely not not the coach's issue. Like it's the adherence issue, and and I've I've seen people do this to me, do it to many others, uh, and, and talk to other coaches about it. And that's the thing is like you have to understand a lot of us are doing very similar things, just in slightly different ways. Well, another thing is too, we all kind of know each other too, for the most part. Yeah. Like I went to, I went to a show recently and there was a, uh, someone who had left me to go to another coach and I didn't realize it, but I was sitting with the other three coaches that he left the same prep too. You know what I mean? Like we were like, oh shit, he left you for, and then for me and then for you. And then, you know, and it's yeah. like, guess what? I've he talked didn't about win. this with, with people. Cause I have other coaches I'll talk to and I'll see them at the shows and they'll be like, Hey, weren't you coaching, you know, so-and-so that they're with me. And then 
that coach will tell me like what the issue was with them and why they didn't see results. And I'm like, Oh no, they left me. And then I'll tell them the issue with them and why they weren't seeing results and how they weren't checking in. And then, you know, two weeks later, we'll look on the, we'll look on Instagram and they're tagging a different coach. And I'm just like, how do you think this is going to make you better? Like you're, you're, you're going to different people and not listening to any of them. It's just, you're spending money with no, no investment in it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, man. And, and- like I said, most of us respect each other and talk to each other, right? Because we are peers and we know there like there are reputations locally of certain people where we're like, if someone I've had people apply to me and I haven't even responded to their email because I already know what coach they left for to try to come to me and the one before them and the one before that in a couple months. And I'm like, I'm not dealing with that situation. But that is the, that is the biggest thing to realize is a lot of coaches do talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um I will sometimes, if I know somebody's went to a certain coach and they are inquiring with me, I will reach out to their current coach and be like, hey, what's the deal with this person? Mm -hmm. And I will hear that coach's side of the story. And often it is the different story than what that client has said. And, you know, there's two sides to every story. I get that. But nine times out of 10, when I've gotten a client from a different coach and that cl- that coach has warned me about them, that, that coach has been right. And you, you and I have done it to each other before. I've asked you yeah. questions about people and you've asked questions about people too. And it's usually our side of the story tends to have a little bit more weight to it, you know? Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing is like, it doesn't matter what coach you go to if you're not going to follow the plan. No, no. You know, I, I can confidently say that every client I've had that's come to me that's actually followed the plan that I write out has gotten results. Mm-hmm. And I can confidently say that every client I've gotten that has not followed the plan has spun their wheels. Same. And and it's and it's unfortunate. But you know, going to somebody else is not going to fix that problem. No. No. What else, Tyler? What else tickles your peach? Yeah, I love these little references we got. Mm-hmm. Uh okay. So this this is my my other one. Um, people that charge money to tell people to not diet, dude. The anti <laughs> anti diet culture can get fucked. I hate it so much. So it's, that one's so weird to me because it's like you know they're basically charging people money to be like, hey, you can do what you've been doing. I'm just going to tell you that it's okay. You're being scammed. At the end of the day, yeah, that is a scam. That really is a scam. Like it, it's basically like, hey, it's okay if you eat fast food. Dude, yeah. I heard of one one coach recently. I say coach. We're going to put this in quotation marks. Um, where they said during their check ins, they don't ask for measurements or scale weight in their assessment weekly. And I'm like, how do you monitor quantifiable data without quantifiable data? Because again, it's just like, oh hey, you did great this week. Keep paying me. That's all it fucking is. Well, that's the thing is like I have I have a few clients that you know aren't comfortable with scale weight in a cut because you know. It can bounce around, but I still have them send me measurements because of that. And we do go based off that. So we have some way of tracking to make sure we're getting progress. So, you know, but whenever you're, you're this, you know, just kind of putting to the side, all of that quantitative data and being like, okay, it's fine. We're just checking in and we're just making sure you're happy each week. No, it's strange to me. And then, you know, there's there's people that advertise stuff like if you come to me, you can drink wine every night and eat potato chips. And I'm like, no, 
I'm, I'm just going to lay this out here for you guys. There's this thing in this world, um, and it's called restriction. And I don't think restriction is a bad thing because at the end of the day, if you want to look different than you currently look, what you're currently doing does not work, period. If it did work, you'd look the way you wanted to. So guess what that means? You have to start telling yourself no, or you pay somebody to tell you no. And guess what that is? Restriction. I care. I want my clients to enjoy what I'm giving them. But at the end of the day, they're paying to get results, and I'm making sure they get the results. That doesn't mean they're always going to love it. But when they get the results, it's worth it. So you can't drink wine every night. You can't eat potato chips. Because if you could, like you are, you would look the way that you wanted to, and you don't. Simple. Well, that's the thing is like, I'm all about making lifestyle changes. Like I won't, I I will confidently say like, I put a sandwich and, you know, baked lays into people's diets before, but it is constructed in a manner so they can still get results. Now, if you're going to a coach and they're just like, Hey, it's okay if you eat potato chips and you drink wine and you are not moving in a linear progression in some way to get a positive lifestyle change as far as results, as far as your health your body composition, you're wasting your money and you're not doing anything good for yourself. Yeah. At the end of the day, I want my people to succeed and they're not always going to love it, but they're going to get what they want. And that's more important to me. But again, like you said, I try to make plans as practical and enjoyable as possible, but there's always going to be an asterisk beside that because I want my people to get what they're paying for. Right. So that means it's not always going to be comfortable. Right. You're going to have to do cardio. You're not going to be able to eat everything you want all the time. Guess what? I had to tell myself the same thing when I was morbidly obese, and that's how I lost 100 pounds by myself. Yeah. That's how it works. Simple fact. This isn't to say that I haven't let clients, like, you know, have alcohol in their plan in a certain manner. You know, like, for example, like, I'm okay if I have a client, they, on their, their Saturday night cheat meal, they have, you know, a glass of wine or a drink. Mm -hmm. But whenever you're allowing somebody to abuse any type of uh, alcohol or snack food in a a way to get them to come to you for coaching because you allow that, that's just not right. If if it sounds too good to be true, it is. At the end of the day, if you look at, I don't know, 100 coaches in the industry and they all have a similar approach, but then there's somebody randomly who's like, you can have ice cream every night and lose weight. Guess what? That one person is not telling the truth, period. You know, that's the thing is like uh, one common thing you'll find with coaches that that uh, push that type of advertising is they never have any clients to show. Yeah, and I also love while we're on really the subject. results. I love seeing these coaches who post, I'm going to say transformations and quotations again, and it's always people with their uh, heads cropped out and they coincidentally never have a social media account and they never really give direct specific approaches they used in the description as to what they did. They're just like, oh, uh, Cindy got to enjoy this every single night and she got da, 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 da. And it's like, man, I don't fucking believe that because how do you have, if your entire marketing ploy is through social media, like most of our accounts are, and coincidentally, you you have apparently 70 athletes from your six-figure business, but somehow you've gotten all 70 and none of them have social media. That's really weird to me. How did you get them, right? Yeah. And they also don't have faces or real names, and they all have a very – it's always like it sounds like a sales gimmick to me where you're here you, – like when you read it, you're seeing all the – they still got to enjoy life and have freedom and this, that, and the other. It's all these like – hot topic words, right? That like a general person's gonna be like, dude, that sounds awesome. But then 
all they advertise are fucking three week shred challenges and three month coaching scholarships. Yeah. Well, th- that's one Oops. thing that really concerned me the other day is, I mean, uh, who is it? Goob you posted like uh, that one coach and it was like, I'm not going to say the coach's name because I think he deleted his account anyway, but he was basically like taking other people's transformations mm-hmm. and posting them as his own. And yep. it made me start to think like, oh shit, is somebody doing this with all the transformations I posted? Cause they could easily yeah. be doing that. And then like this guy, what he was doing was he was taking other people's transformations taking the pictures, not posting a name to him. And then he was blocking the people that he was stealing the transformations from. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. So I'm about to start watermarking all my stuff, yeah. man. Cause you know, I've got like over two or 300 on there of different people. And literally there are people like pretending they coach somebody mm-hmm. to get clients whenever they didn't even get that person results. Yeah. It's sad, man. That's why also like with my transformations, I post like I tag the person. I go into explicit details yeah. to what we've done, how we've approached it, where their macros were when they started with me, where they're at now. Because I think it's all important information to understand my approach as a coach, but also to like show that it's a real fucking transformation. Because like True. there are so many out there where I'm like, there's no way. Like, the, And I've also seen certain groups. I'm not going to name the group where they all post the same transformations just six months apart and take claim yeah. to them at separate times. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of shady stuff going on in the industry and it drives me nuts. It's like somebody that's actually trying to do stuff right and get people results. I'm like always frustrated all the time. Like I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, I love doing what I do, but it mentally drains me to yeah. like see some of this stuff that I see. And I'm like, I, I'm trying to do everything the right way and make sure people are happy and they're getting results. And then you have people that are literally not getting people results at all and advertising it in a way to make it seem like that person got results or it's used car salesman. It's used car salesman is what it feels like. But, but yeah, this is uh this is part one of what pisses in our Cheerios guys. So we got, we got a lot more of these ones. So we'll have a, a part two of these, this episode in the future. I love ranting. So we appreciate all of you who've taken time out of your day to listen to these Um, We love all of you who have supported us through this and left us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify podcast. Please be sure to do that. Um, We do also have an Instagram page starting called The Real Modcast. You can reach out to us there or individually. My Instagram is cp.legs, cp.legs. And then Tyler Bedson is your Tyler underscore Bedson, correct? Yes. I ask you every time. So feel free to leave us a review, shout us out. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out to us. Tyler, do you have any tidbits of wisdom? Yeah, first off, uh, we still have not had anybody send us that they were the 100th five-star review. I have gotten with the 99th, we've gotten the 103rd and the 105th. Yeah. But we have not got the 100th, so I don't know why, why that happened. But uh, So if you have anyway. proof that you did it and you want free stuff, reach out to us. I don't yeah, understand. Like, it's still an option. I think we're already up to like 107 or something like yeah. that. So it's far past, but it's like you had the opportunity. Yeah. Also, I think everybody should listen to the corn song on TikTok because it's awesome. Yeah. Um, it, it's very, uh, it's great. I think everybody would enjoy it. So yeah. make sure that you do that. Yeah, we're all obsessed with it. So listen to the corn song. Let us know what you think. Until yeah. next time. If you send you me for- a voice message of you doing the corn song, I will send you $5 to Venmo, but only the first person that does. First person. I will match that $5 as well. First person. You'll get $10.
you'll get 10 bucks. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Modcast.